Our transition music is by H Beats, who can improve the quality of any presentation. That's H Beats with a Z at the end. See how H Beats can improve your presentation with a quality musical soundtrack. Contact H Beats three three zero at gmail dot com. Hello, welcome to another edition of Higher Ground. I'm Ken Robinson for the Akron Area Association of Churches and the Akron Area Interfaith Council. Glad you could stop by and visit with us this evening. My guest today is Oni Temple. He's owner of Town and Country Lincoln Mercury uh, in Brunswick, and we're going to be talking about the auto industry today. Glad you could be with us on Higher Ground. Thank you very much. It's my pleasure to be here. Now. You're the owner of Town and Country in Brunswick. How did that come to pass? How did you come to get involved in the auto industry? Well, it's a long story. It goes back to my youth. I actually grew up in Toledo, Ohio, and during high school, I used to uh, be a detail man. And a detail man is a guy that washes cars and details it down to the the finest detail. That's why they call it a detail man. And for a dollar an hour, I used to uh, on Saturday mornings wash cars and detail them and polish them up and I really had a fascination for cars. Dollar an hour. That's right. <laughs> but unfortunately uh, my family could not afford an automobile and that's probably why I was even more fascinated with cars because we never had the opportunity to really own an automobile. In fact I didn't own my first car until I was uh, well into college and I've always had a fascination with that business but also the fact that not just being in the business I also wanted to own the business. So I kind of waited till the opportunity uh, came about for me to be a, an owner as well as directly involved with the, the auto business. Mm -hmm. Now there aren't many minorities who, who actually own uh, big businesses such as an auto dealership. Um, was it a difficult task uh, to move into the ownership position? It, it is very difficult to get into the business itself. It's difficult for anyone uh, to get into the auto industry. Um, uh, one thing I have to say is that uh, of the uh, approximately in this country today there are approximately 14 to 15,000 automobile dealers and of that 15,000 automobile uh, dealers uh, there are approximately 225 dealers that are uh, dealers for the Ford Motor Company mm -hmm. that be in Ford division uh, dealers Lincoln Mercury division dealers as well as Ford heavy truck dealers uh, in General Motors, there are approximately 100 to 110 minority General Motors dealers of the, uh, their population of about 11,000. And with Chrysler, there's somewhere around 175 Chrysler dealers, that uh, being Chrysler, Plymouth, Dodge dealers in the country. So uh, there are not very many uh, minority dealers, uh, but that number is growing uh, every year. Mm -hmm. And when we think of uh, minority car dealers, we think of the uh, celebrities that often uh, get into uh, uh, becoming car dealers after they've achieved success in another field. Uh, Ozzie Newsom comes to mind. But how did you do it? You know, you mentioned working for a dollar, dollar an hour, mm -hmm. coming from, uh, you know, n not a privileged background. How did you m move into this uh, fast-paced uh, business? Well, uh, I was very fortunate. I, uh, uh, to kind of give you, I guess, a little bit of my background, uh, my first real job in the business world was with IBM back in 1972. Uh, I was an IBM salesman. I was a marketing rep uh, and sold systems for IBM. And uh, that kind of started my entry into the business world, period. Uh, from IBM, I went on to Xerox in Chicago 
and sold major market uh, accounts, as Xerox called it, in the loop in Chicago, and uh, covered the city of Chicago, Cook County as accounts, and some of the larger corporations in Chicago, so I had a chance to even refine my business skills a little bit more with Xerox. Uh, from Xerox, I moved over to McDonald's Corporation, headquartered in Chicago, and joined their corporate staff in 1976. Uh, while I was at McDonald's, I had the, uh, uh, the opportunity to meet Ray Kroc, the founder of McDonald's, while I was there. Uh, he invited me to come to his office one day after uh, I was awarded a design patent for a high chair that I designed while I was at McDonald's. Oh my. <laughs> you probably you may have noticed it, and uh, it was a wooden high chair made of wood, mm -hmm. and it had no tray on it, kind of like an A-frame high chair. But the high chair provided an opportunity for an infant to sit at the table with the rest of the family, thus bringing them a little closer together uh, versus the current high chair, which is still used in some, some of the restaurants where you have a tray, mm -hmm. and they call it the Rolling Ronald high chair. And uh, we had a chance to work on that and, and meet Ray Kroc, and I spent, uh, spent 10 years with McDonald's in various uh, corporate jobs. Uh, I was a regional manager with McDonald's. I covered uh, many different departments and facets of the company, and uh, it was a very enjoyable experience. So there is another step that helped me refine my business skills. And uh, while I was with McDonald's, and I happened to be stationed in the uh, St. Louis area at the time, covering about eight states, I met a gentleman uh, who owned a dealership. And for the first time, I met someone just like myself, a minority, that had a business, and he was an auto dealer. And I was very impressed with that fact because he had an Oldsmobile Chevrolet dealership. Uh, he's a very personable uh, gentleman. I uh, knew a lot about the business, and uh, I purchased a car from him. In fact, I, I bought a, I remember a 1980 Oldsmobile station wagon from this gentleman. <laughs> and uh, I was very curious about the business because I, after being somewhat involved in it when I was in high school, I was still somewhat curious about the business. And uh, I thought about that, kind of filed it in the back of my mind. And later on, uh, there was an opportunity that came about uh, for me to go into the General Motors uh, dealer development program under the sponsorship of the Cadillac Motor Division. Uh -huh. And uh, I took a look, a good hard look at that, and I called uh, this gentleman that sold me the car. I had kept contact with him through the years, and I said, what do you think about this? Uh, yeah, this is an opportunity for me. Uh, you know, I like the business. Uh, I, I, I'm a guy that likes to work hard. I'm sort of a workaholic. Uh, do you think this is something that uh, might be a good thing for me to, to explore? And he says, well, it depends, you know, if you feel that you have the, uh, the ability to work the long hours necessary and, and certainly pay your dues in the business, you know, while you're getting yourself established, once you do find a dealership eventually and, and, and operate it, if you're willing to, to pay the dues necessary, it can be a very fulfilling business for, for you and your family. Mm -hmm. And with that, I took a good look at it, discussed things with my, my wife. At the time, I only had, uh, I had two children. I now have three. But uh, we took a look at it, and we decided to make the commitment and pursue the automobile uh, business. Mm -hmm. And I went through the General Motors Dealer Development Program, which was uh, uh, located at the General Motors Institute, GMI in Flint, Michigan. Mm -hmm. And I spent 18 months going through that program, and uh, I ended up the class president, uh, which means that I, uh, I was the guy at the uh, end of the program that kind of gave the speech to all the General Motors executives. and and uh, what our class was going to do for the business. But it was, it was enjoyable, it was a good time, and, uh, and I got a lot of good experience out of it. Now, how did you end up uh, with a Ford uh, Lincoln Mercury uh, dealership? Well, that's, going through the uh, 
GM program. Well, that's a, that's another good point because sometimes you never know where opportunity is going to come. Uh, when you go through the GM dealer training program, they place you with uh, dealerships uh, that you will train at. And of course, the dealer there will kind of take you under his wing and show you how he operates that dealership, how he operates that business. You know, what are the ways that business works? What are the, the dynamics of the auto business and the various departments and profit centers that the business has? Mm -hmm. And I was very fortunate, once again, I was very blessed to be with a dealer that was one of the largest uh, General Motors dealers in the country. The, uh, the Faulkner organization in, in Philadelphia. Uh, they have 25 franchises in 20 different locations. And I worked with, uh, with Henry Faulkner, who was the, uh, the grandson of the founder of the Faulkner organization, who, which was founded back in the early 30s. And uh, because of that, I happened to be in, in Henry Faulkner's office uh, one day when a representative from Ford came in to kind of make a call on the Faulkners, and the Faulkners oh. had no Ford dealerships. Oh my! And they, they stopped in to say hi to Henry, and I happened to be in his office, and he introduced me as a as a uh, dealer candidate for General Motors. And uh, I had looked at a number of General Motors dealerships at the time, and none really fit mm -hmm. my personality and where I wanted to live because uh, that was important to me where the dealership was located because I wanted to be close to an uh, urban area, at least within driving distance, so that we can uh, be close to, uh, to a church that we wanted to join and, and be involved in, as we always have been, uh, close to an area that would be culturally satisfying for my family and, and my children. And uh, I turned on a number of points, mainly because he just weren't close to areas that would be fulfilling for my family, and that was very, very important to me. Mm -hmm. So you ended up here in the, uh, in the greater Akron area, that's, the Akron, that, uh, Bedina, Brunswick area. That, that's right. In fact, uh, after I talked to the gentleman from Ford, he got in touch with me afterwards and uh, had a number of contacts with the folks at the Ford Motor Company in Detroit and looked at a number of dealerships. And one day I got a phone call from a uh, district sales manager located in Cleveland for the Lincoln Mercury Division telling me about an opportunity in Brunswick, Ohio. Now I have to tell you that uh, I grew up in Ohio. Mm -hmm. I grew up in the Toledo area and I had never heard of Brunswick before. <laughs> and I didn't realize Brunswick was so close to Cleveland and so close to Akron. Mm -hmm. So I flew into town and uh, met with them, toured the area, took some photographs of the facility. Uh, the facility was pretty pretty worn out. I needed some, some help, I needed some work, I took some notes, I did my homework, which is the main thing you have to do. You have to do a lot of research and look at the past numbers and the past track record of the dealer that was operating in that facility to really see what potential you might have. But I also did one other thing too that I learned when, uh, when uh, I was in McDonald's, and that is uh, when we look for real estate sites, we look at traffic areas, in other words, areas that generate traffic, mm -hmm. high traffic areas. And uh, we used to employ what's called a four minute drive. You do a four minute drive in all four directions from the location that you're looking at to see where are the traffic generators. Exactly. So I employed that, uh, that technique, and I saw a couple of interesting things. I saw good shopping, I saw brand new construction, new homes. I also uh, saw, not too far to the north, uh, a nice uh, Ford Motor Company engine plant right near the airport, along with a castings plant right next door to it. And because of that, I asked a few more questions. Where do these employees live? And I discovered they live in Medina County. They live in Strongsville. They live in the west area of, of Cleveland. And that provides a very, very good base of business for us because uh, Ford employees enjoy what's called a special 
purchase plan mm -hmm. called the A plan, which enables them to buy a car at a very reasonable price uh, from the Ford Motor Company. So when we took a look at everything and, and we kind of summed it all up, it looked like a good opportunity. There are so many um, African Americans who are, 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 let's say, trapped in a, in a cycle. Uh, many, some are, are living in poverty, some are, are, are trapped in, let's say, what they feel is discrimination. Um, they don't have the sense that they can break out and be successful. What's, what's your best advice to them? They're, now, a lot of people are, are going to be watching, and they're watching, <laughs> they're watching right now, and they're going to say, they're going to say, wow, he made it, you know, he's on the road to success. I don't think I can do that. What's your advice to them? Well, my first advice would be to take a good look at yourself. Look in the mirror and say to yourself, I can do it. Because anybody that wants to do it badly enough can be a success. Now, I'm not saying I'm a complete success. I've done a lot of things and I've tried to do things the right way. But uh, I have a lot of things I want to do. So uh, let's say that I'm, I'm started in the right direction because I by no means will say uh, that, I, that I've made it or I'm a complete success because uh, that's not the way I think and that's not the way I think about myself. But I will say this, I pretty much set up a plan for myself and a timetable and I had a lot of belief in myself and my abilities to do things uh, because there, there are many times when uh, you'll be faced with obstacles and some of those obstacles are controllable and some of them are not. The obstacles you can control, you find ways to overcome them. And it does take a lot of self-determination. So stick to it, don't give up. That's exactly right. If, if that's something you really want to do, stick to it. Uh, I can tell you a story that when I was in high school, I wasn't, a, I wasn't a very good student. I was a decent student, but I wasn't a, a real, real, I wasn't a serious student when I was in high school. And uh, I remember a high school counselor telling me that, uh, you know, there's some good opportunities here in Toledo to work at some of the plants here once you graduate from high school. And I says, well, I, I plan on going to college. And he says, well, you're wasting your time. No, no reason in the world why you should go to college. Well, this is something you just want to do for, for, you know, just for the heck of it. And, I, and I, I, that kind of struck me. And I says, well, I'm going to prove to this guy that I can go out and do what I want to do. Maybe that guy's working in the plants now himself. You never well, he, he was a high, he, he's probably long retired by now. But, uh, but that's the kind of thing that kind of stuck with me. I, when, when you want to do something, you want to do it bad enough, mm -hmm. you'll find a way to get it done. Okay. And it takes a lot of self-determination, it takes a lot of prayer, and it takes a lot of, uh, uh, just a lot of um, persistence. Okay. There's one thing we have to get done right now. We've got to get a commercial in. So we're going to take a little break, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to the second half of Higher Ground. I'm Ken Robinson. Glad you could be with us here on Warner Cable Channel 7. In fact, we'd like to invite you to uh, tune in every uh, Tuesday. Beginning at 6 o'clock, watch all the shows produced by the Akron Area Association of Churches, and uh, I think you'll find them most enlightening and a, and a little bit of fun, too. Today we're talking to Oni Temple, who's owner of Town & Country Lincoln Mercury in Brunswick, one of the few uh, minority-owned car dealers in this area. Um, we had to pull you away from a, a prayer breakfast to, to get you here to take this show. Uh, 
what, what is the, the role of, of the church in your life? Has it played a, a major role in your success as a, as a car dealer? Yes, it has, because one of the things I was taught from an early age uh, was to uh, uh, believe in, in Jesus Christ and to try to do the right thing. And uh, we've, we've certainly have, have believed that all our lives. And that has been the main reason why we've had the self-confidence to do the things we've needed to do uh, so far. And uh, uh, my beliefs go back a long way. Uh, my wife and I both are, uh, are members of First Apostolic Faith Church here in Akron. In fact, my wife t uh, is involved in the Vacation Bible School every summer. And uh, we enjoy our, our church very much. Uh, I will say this, when you're in business, uh, it is a, uh, our business is a kind of business that is, it's open uh, many long hours. Mm -hmm. In fact, we're open Monday and Thursday evenings till 9, and then we're open the rest of the week till 6 o'clock. Of course, we're always closed on Sunday. But uh, when you're the owner of the business, a lot of folks kind of expect that, you know, I have a lot of time to play golf or I have a lot of time to do the things that I, that I like to do. And it's much the contrary because uh, when, you're, uh, when you own a business and you're involved in that business mm -hmm. and you're involved in a day-to-day -day management of that operation, you have a responsibility. And uh, I have uh, 28 employees that work for me that have families that have goals and aspirations for their family. And uh, it's very, very important to me, you know, that, that, I, that I do what's necessary to take care of the business and, and the employees that work for me, because it is important. Uh, there's an old saying that a company's biggest asset are the people that work for it, for the company, and that's very, very true, especially in our business. Now, you probably know some of the feelings that, that some people have about car dealers and salesmen, and there's probably a few people out there that are saying, well, gee, how can you be a, a Christian and a car dealer? What? <laughs> well, un unfortunately, there's been a, a very few, and as you know, in, in most things, uh, very, very few of a group will get the most publicity. And there are a few car dealers that have done some things that are, that are not right. Mm -hmm. And that's, and that's very, very unfortunate because that, on a whole, is not the, the industry. The industry as a whole runs uh, a very honest operation, an operation that does things the right way, that, uh, that is very, very sensitive to customer satisfaction and making sure that the customer gets the level of service that they demand and require. And that's the way we run our business. Now, unfortunately, there are many car dealers that have been around for a number of years uh, that started out that way but kind of lost their way and now sort of because of their reputation can can f they feel that they can do things a little bit differently or maybe not do things the basic way that got them there in the first place well we just feel in doing things the right way right from the beginning and that's our philosophy and that's the way it always will be mm -hmm. now those Lincoln Mercury's and Ford's are, are about the hottest cars around you can't drive anywhere without seeing dozens and dozens of, uh, of uh, Tauruses and Sables and how, what, 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 what lies in the future for, uh, for Ford? They, those new designs just really took the auto industry by storm a few years ago. What, what's, what's ahead for Ford? Are they going to be able to stay ahead of uh, General Motors profit-wise? Uh, yes, I, I believe that the Ford Motor Company uh, will be able to do that. And being a dealer, we, uh, we, from time to time, we get a look at some of the advanced uh, sketches and renderings that some of the designers have put together. And I have to tell you, some of the things I've seen in the drawing board are going to be absolutely fantastic. 
the Sable and Taurus, when it was designed in the early 80s, and the, uh, the new Topaz, the new Continental, the new Town Car, that is just the beginning of many, many uh, sharp designs for Ford Motor Company cars, whether it be Lincoln, Mercury, or Ford division vehicles, meaning Ford cars and trucks. Uh, there's some very, very nice things uh, that are going to happen. In fact, some of them happened this year. Uh, the 1990 Town Car was this year's Motor Trend Car of the Year. Oh, yes, it was redesigned. Yes, it was. It was the first luxury car to win that, uh, that award in many, many years. And also this year, uh, our division is coming out with a convertible, a uh, nice uh, two-seater convertible with a small back seat. So it really isn't a two-seater, it's really a, uh, you know, a, a front and back seat car, which is nice for insurance ratings, but, but that car will be out in June. And it is a fantastic design. It's a uh, design that was uh, co-engineered by Ford and Mazda, and it's manufactured in Australia. And it's, it's one of the sharpest convertibles, I think, uh, that are going to be in the marketplace this summer. Now, you mentioned uh, Mazda. Ford has been working very close with Mazda, and I understand uh, they're also working with Nissan to bring out a, a van that they're making here in Ohio. Um, foreign competition. Um, have the major autom automakers decided that they, they can't beat the Japanese and now they're going to work with them? Is, is that the major stance now? Well, I, I think that uh, the automakers today, have, of course, have realized, and I think they've realized for a long time now, since the uh, late 70s, uh, that uh, the Japanese automakers make a pretty good product. Uh, but now, uh, I think that uh, the American domestic manufacturers, especially Ford, have now gotten a lot closer with, our, with, our, uh, with the quality of the way the cars are manufactured and engineered. Some of that came through uh, some, uh, some projects uh, done jointly with Nissan and Mazda. The Ford Motor Company, of course, is a 25% uh, owner of Mazda and of course have done a number of projects together. The Ford Probe uh, was a uh, Mazda Ford project. Uh, another car that uh, is in that vein is the, uh, the Capri, which is a convertible I just mentioned as manufactured in Australia. Australia. Uh, that's done with uh, much Mazda and Ford cooperation. And also another car that's being manufactured this year is the new 1991 Escort for Ford Division and the 1991 Tracer for Lincoln Mercury. Uh, that car is a, uh, has a much Mazda input as well as Ford input. And uh, those cars, in fact, the Mercury Tracer has been rated the best manufactured domestic car in North America. Is that what basically what lies ahead, more cooperation between the, the, the Japanese uh, yes. and, and, and American automakers? I, I fully believe so because uh, the cars that are manufactured today have to be manufactured at a lower, co at a lower cost. Mm -hmm. And uh, the reason why that is is because there is much competition. Uh, there is an edge in Japan uh, when it comes to uh, labor hours. Uh, and uh, that labor hours is related to the cost of manufacturing. It costs less to manufacture a car in, in Japan than it does in the United States. Uh, it also costs much less to build a new plant in Japan than it does in the United States because the cost of capital is much, much lower in Japan than it is in the U.S. When you can borrow millions of dollars at 5 and 6 percent versus in the U.S., uh, two, or th uh, two points over prime, which the prime is right now about 10 and a half, you get up to 12 and a half, 13, 
And if you're really, really desperate, a few years ago, of course, you could have financed a, you know, a capital uh, improvement or a capital project through what was called junk bonds. Mm -hmm. And there are some junk bond interest rates as high as 16%. Mm, that's true. And that's one of the reasons why you're seeing restructuring of some of the U.S. corporations now that are hitting those 16% interest rates for debt service mm -hmm. and it's causing a, a few problems. Do you ever think there'll be a reversal of the trend where, where the American uh, automakers will be the dominant force here in this country again? Or are those days long past? And, uh, well, I think, uh, I think it'll happen. First, we have to get even, and that's happening very, very rapidly. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, there'll, there'll be a time when, uh, when folks will perceive our cars to be just as good as the Japanese cars. But you have to understand, uh, Japanese cars have a very positive aura about them. Now, not every Japanese car is made as well as a Honda, because a Honda is, is, I view it as the best made Japanese car uh, there is. Mm -hmm. But not every Japanese car is made as well as a Honda, just like every domestic car is not built as well as a Ford or a Lincoln Mercury product. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but they do get very good publicity, and that aura kind of spreads throughout the cars made in Japan mm -hmm. and by Japanese companies. And that will happen in the U.S. General Motors is coming back, and they're coming back very strongly. Uh, they've just changed chairman. Uh, Bob Stemple is now going to be the chairman of General Motors. Uh, he's an engineer by training, and uh, I think that he will bring G General Motors into a, uh, into a brand new uh, type of company. And that'll be very good for the auto industry as a whole. Mm -hmm. What about Chrysler? We've, we've heard over the years that Chrysler is still in big trouble, that they're uh, losing their share, they're having trouble with sales, uh, losing money. Uh, some people predict that Chrysler won't even be around when 2000 rolls in. Well, there, there are going to be some changes to the Chrysler Corporation. There's no doubt about it. Uh, they took on Renault and, of course, uh, bought out uh, AMC, and, which was owned by Renault. And they took on quite a bit of debt, mm -hmm. and they took on quite a few, um, uh, quite a few facilities that were outdated and not uh, not uh, very uh, uh, very streamlined, which is what you have to have today. Mm -hmm. And uh, Chrysler's going to restructure, but they're run by very very good managers. Now, Lee Iacocca, who is a good car marketing man, and also is a and has good cost cutters on his staff, uh, they will go to work. And it's going to be, uh, there's going to be some, some pain involved w within Chrysler, but uh, they will get to the point where they will do what's necessary to survive. And while they do that, of course, they do have to improve the, the quality of the manufacturing of their vehicles. Mm -hmm. All righty. That was a quick half hour. <laughs> We're just about out of time already. But it's been very enlightening, very in interesting, and very fascinating. We certainly uh, wish you uh, much success uh, as you continue. And we want to thank you once again for, for dropping by the Higher Ground Studios here to share all this uh, wonderful information with us. Thank you very much. It was certainly my pleasure to be here today. Our pleasure, too. You've been watching uh, Higher Ground. I'm Ken Robinson. Our special guest has been Oni Temple, owner of Town & Country Lincoln Mercury in Brunswick, Ohio. Well, that wraps up uh, today's show. I want to thank you once again for tuning in. Hope you'll tune in next time for another edition of Higher Ground. Are you tired of your $50 to $100 per month cell phone bill? Well, come on over to Mint Mobile. I've been with Mint Mobile for years, and I get all the talk, text, and data I need for just $15 a month. You've seen their commercials on TV. Just go to their website, pick the best plan for you, 
and they will send you a SIM card. Insert it into your phone and start saving. You can even keep your same number. Check it out by using this special code www.hkrmail.com. That's hkrmail.com. And like me, you can get talk, text, and data for as little as $15 a month at Mint Mobile. Welcome to Ken's Corner. I'm Ken Robinson. A man who accomplished something most of us will only dream about is giving advice on how people can accomplish their dreams. Astronaut Buzz Aldrin says people should always keep a new adventure on their bucket list. What's in the periphery? What is thinking outside of the box? And that leads to innovation, to alternate, to improving ways of doing things. Aldrin's book, No Dream is Too High, Life Lessons from a Man Who Walked on the Moon, outlines his experiences in war and space. Aldrin believes people need to be alert but lighthearted when trying to achieve their goals. I think the example that, uh, that I've used is when we were ready for a departure from the moon, and I said, Roger Houston, we're number one on the runway. Buzz Aldrin says he's engaging in activities at his age that many of his friends aren't doing, and he feels pretty proud of his accomplishments. It, uh, it takes a curious mind, open-minded, to, uh, to be able to do the things that uh, I'm doing, and, uh, and I feel very satisfied uh, with them. The book distills Aldrin's life into 13 principles, including failure always being an option. Thanks for stopping by Ken's Corner. And please subscribe to our podcast series, The Ken Robinson Shows.